What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sit, Wait, and Talk show. Now, disclaimer, we do not get super political on our any of our pages, and we don't do so on this show as well. But there are times where you know certain bills are passed or you see certain activity in Congress or the Senate, and we want to talk about it because it directly relates to what we're doing. This could be the arm brace ruling of, of late, of 2023, um, in more recent months, we now have uh, a new bill being passed, or excuse me, presented um, under Title 18 of the United States Code to prohibit unauthorized private paramilitary activity and for other purposes. Um, this Senate bill was presented by Mr. Markey uh, through Massachusetts, and this bill is incredibly concerning. So I want to outline this for you and what it means for us as a, as a training company, what it means for you as a private citizen, and why this should be you know, at least looked into, and we, we need to talk about it at least, at the very least. So what this is, is the act um, is cited as the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. This is a prohibition of unauthorized private paramilitary activity. Now, what is paramil paramilitary activity, you ask? Um, it is uh, any group of three or more persons associating under a command structure for the purpose of functioning in public or training to function in public as a combat, combat support, law enforcement, or security services unit. Now, we can all understand why that would be an important distinction. It's important why we would have something like that in place, right? Obviously, we don't want individuals that aren't trained, aren't knowledgeable, and possibly have unethical morals about them in a law enforcement setting. Not everyone can just say, I am a law enforcement officer, and therefore I can tell you what to do take away your rights that are God-given through the United States Constitution. And we can all kind of acknowledge why that would be important, right? So what, are, what what's the issue here? The issue is that individuals in the Senate, Congress, you guys have seen it, where they're piggybacking United States codes such as Title 19, excuse me, Title 18, and they're piggybacking it and saying, well, we, we want to extend that further. But you're extending it further in such a broad way that you are essentially violating constitutional rights to the citizens. And let's talk about it. So unauthorized private paramilitary, paramilitary activity. It shall be unlawful to knowingly, in a circumstance described in subsection B, while acting as part of or on behalf of a private paramilitary organization and armed with a firearm, explosive, or incendiary device or other dangerous weapon. Now, we have subsections to this, and we're going to break all of these down. Number one, publicly patrol, drill, or engage in techniques capable of causing bodily injury or death. What the heck does that mean, right? Let's take, for instance, martial arts schools. Does that mean if I'm doing a rear, rear, naked, rear naked strangle or potentially uh, an arm bar, that that could be participating in techniques capable of causing bodily injury, of course it, of course it is, right? But again, we don't know unless you specify in this bill. We do not know what you mean by that. That could mean incredibly broad, like what I just discussed, or it could be something much more specific. But again, if you don't specify, how the heck is anybody supposed to know? So, say in some wild scenario, which this will never happen, this bill passes. We cannot do what anything to resemble paramilitary. Does that mean? Does that mean airsoft events? Does that mean um, I cannot train individuals in firearm safety? Does that mean 
um, even though we're given the ability, and you see this all across America, where different states are going to constitutional carry and not requiring a constitutional carry, or excuse me, a um, CCW permit, does that extend to those individuals? Again, broad, not specifying any specifics here, um, which, again, I don't need to tell you guys listening, this is very concerning. Number two, interfere with, interrupt, or attempt to interfere with or inter- interrupt government operations or a government proceeding. <clears throat> so you can't interrupt a government proceeding, sure. But again, extremely broad. Do not interrupt. What does interrupt mean? Does that mean that you can't holler from the back if you disagree with something? Does that mean you know government proceedings? That, that, that means so many different things, right? Is that a city council meeting? Is that, is that um, you know, a Senate hearing? It's so many different things, and it's so broad in how it interference, interrupt, or attempt to interfere. It's just incredibly broad language, and there's no subsections to these um, to these points that I just made. Moving on to number three, interfere with or intimidate another person in that person's exercise of any right under the Constitution of the United States. So now, again, there's so much discretion. Talking from the standpoint of a police officer, um, there's many times I could charge somebody and I don't, right? There's many times that, but I never, there's not any times where I'm not able to charge, and I do anyway, right? There, there's a point that the laws exist. There's a reason why we have a constitution. There's a reason why we should be able to utilize these, again, these God-given rights under the First and Second Amendment specifically is mostly what I'm talking about with this bill. And, you know, under the, under the First Amendment, we have the right to uh, assemble. We have the right to free speech. Again, unless it's, unless that free, unless that speech is, um, causing a panic or alarm to somebody, um, it, which we, I think, all can agree is a good thing, why that's in there. Um, otherwise, we can say and do what we want, and that's what makes us an amazing country. Now, imagine, for instance, we don't have these rights. I think we all know what that means. We see it all across the world, <clears throat> excuse me, in other, in other countries where, oh, that's hate speech. I don't like what you said. That Now we're going to label that hate speech, and now you're going to be under arrest. And now, you know, you don't have the right to own a firearm. Therefore, we're going to um, be able to, as a government entity, much more capable of controlling individuals. You know, all kinds of, you know, I think throughout history, and you take the greatest generation, for instance. You take you take the greatest generation, um, soldiers fighting in World War II, you know, the, the level of, I guess— Patri- you know, patriots that we have at that time period, everybody coming together and understanding what what good and evil really is. And then when things become much easier, life becomes, this is the easiest time to live in, in human history, no questions about it. We start to, you know, complain and moan about very small things. Um, and then we start to get bored and, and try to create, you know, bills like the one I'm reading right now. I, I think it's one of those things that we as a society, lose sight of what's important. We lose sight of who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And and obviously right now, um, many members of the United States, you know, we'll just say politics in general, are confusing who the good guys are, or it's, or it's actually unethical, um, manipulative, immoral, basic uh, agendas that they are pushing upon us and saying, okay, you know, this is how we can better control individuals if that's their true nature. It certainly seems that way. Paragraph number four, 
assume the functions of a law enforcement officer, peace officer, or public official, whether or not acting under color of law and thereby assert authority or purport to assert authority over another person without the consent of that person. And number five, or train to engage in any activity described in paragraph one through four. So it's not even the act of doing that. It's also training for that. So again, that's very, very short um, in terms of the paragraphs under the Unauthorized Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. And that's what makes this so concerning. Obviously, very broad. Obviously, um, not specific in any way, shape, or form of what any of that means, especially the first paragraph of public, publicly patrol, drill, or engage. So I'm patrolling, drilling, or engaging in techniques capable capable of causing bodily injury or death. That's literally jujitsu. That's what I do twice a week. It's it's firearms training. It's what I do you know, consistently throughout my job. And like many of you listening, that's what you do in your free time because you maybe enjoy it, but also because you see the value of it of that skill set in this society if someone were to try and harm you. But we're going to outlaw that for good, good working American citizens, and that's what's concerning. And I want to say again that I'm not trying to push any type of agenda. I'm not trying to push any type of politics onto this page or this show, but this is a real thing, and we need to talk about it because as a training company, Force Frontier is a training group um, of law enforcement professionals, and we work with a lot of citizens prepared citizens. And it's important for us to be able to do that because we see the value of it. And we obviously have students that show up and see the value in that. Now, let's talk about briefly, why are we trying to be prepared? Everybody, you know, I think for the most part listening kind of understands where we're coming from. But, you know, it's said very often that cops are there to take the report, right? There's there's so many circumstances in which police cannot respond in time, because it really depends on so many different factors. It depends on how quickly this particular offense occurs. It it depends on where it is, manpower, the list goes on, right? We cannot guarantee that the police are going to be able to intervene on a crime. That's why they take so many reports. That's why so many reports are, um, you know, are put out there by, by citizens that are victims because it happens and then they call the police, right? It's very difficult for the police to interject, but there are plenty of examples, with all that being said, of the police intervening in crime, obviously. But it's imperative that as citizens, and I consider myself obviously a citizen as well, I'm off duty more than I'm on duty, and I take that seriously when I go to the grocery store and I'm carrying and I'm, and I'm doing what I'm doing. It's imperative for me to be prepared just like it is for anybody else. I'm not going to preach this stuff and not you know, participate myself. But again, cops are there for the most part to take the report. So it's imperative for you, especially in a home defense scenario or any other scenario you want to draw up while you're out and about, that you are prepared and you have the time and training in that particular discipline to be able to defend yourself. That could that could mean self-defense. That could mean uh, firearms training, right? It could mean CQB training. We've done several CQB courses recently, very much catered to home defense and just the everyday, the everyday man and woman. So I think for for us, this type of training ban, obviously, for many obvious reasons, is very concerning. So what does this mean for the short term? For the short term, this means very little. This is not going to pass, obviously. Um, if bump stocks, ammo capacity, silencer, and arm brace bans aren't going to go into effect on an actual firearm, 
banning people from training is obviously not going to go through. But why we bring it up, you know, because it could be something that we just we don't even talk about and we just kind of push to the side. But if we ignore this stuff and we, you know, it becomes an issue long term for us. So long term, speaking on this, we've seen many attempts at different politics, uh, different politicians putting stuff like this training ban out there. And the goal is always the same. It's reasonable, right? It's, it's reasonable. We don't want people hurting each other. But you and I live in the real world. You and I live in the real world, and we know there's evil out there. We know that if we ban all firearms tomorrow, it's just going to be the number one trade for, um, you know, instead of it being drugs or human trafficking, firearms is now going to be the, the, big, the big payout for a lot of these cartel members or um, these black markets that, you know, these criminals still find their, ha- their hands on these guns, and it's not difficult believe me, um, it's just going to be the next big thing, right? It's just another way for individuals to make money. So it's obviously not realistic, and it's, and, it's our, and it's our right to have a firearm. It's our right to be able to defend ourselves. It is an equalizer. You know, a single mother, you know, wanting to protect her kids, very difficult for her to defend herself against an intruder. Let's say any of us, you know, whether you're male or female, and you have multiple intruders into your house, how are you going to protect yourself? Obviously, a firearm is one of the, the big answers to that particular scenario. It's very difficult to fight off m- multiple people, obviously. I think people can grasp that. But the firearm is a great equalizer. We also don't know the intention of the individual breaking into our home, and we don't know the intention um, you know, uh, that multiple intruders have when they're breaking in. It could be worst case scenario. You don't know that they're pushing, you know, they're kicking your door in, they're breaking the windows and they're storming a house, not knowing who's inside. Well, I don't want to take that chance. I don't know about you. So with all that to say, make sure you keep training, stay prepared, be aware of bills like this and agendas like this that are being pushed out there because it's just, it's one of those things that it's going to continue to be presented. It's going to continue to have, we're going to continue to see stuff like this out there. But this is one of the most um, concerning ones I've seen. Again, due to the broadness, due to the scope of it, it, it cover, it's a catch-all that you shouldn't be training, you shouldn't be a prepared citizen, and screw all that, right? We, we want to be prepared because we're good people. Any black belt, and this could, this could extend to just about any martial art, do they, are they super aggressive Right? Are they fighting people for no reason? Most of the time, not. Obviously, there are exceptions, but most of the time, not. Because they have the time on the mats. They have that discipline. It's, it's everything that many different disciplines of martial art teach you over the years. And that is you have to be respectful, present yourself in a respectful way. And you got to be pr- respectful to other folks. And not only that, but you're putting time, you're fighting, you know, essentially regularly if you're at that level. If you're at that black belt level, you've probably practiced quite a bit. So in your free time, you probably don't want to fight random strangers, right? You know the, you know the cost of that. You know the, the damage that that can do. Um, new Roadhouse movie coming out, trailer. <laughs> Obviously, we got to use a Roadhouse quote. Uh, nobody wins a fight. So individuals in... In, in any type of discipline of martial art, kind of understand this better than most, right? If you've dedicated your time, energy, and, and effort into something like that, you understand that at a high level. 
it's the loudmouths that don't know what they're doing. You know, it's the, it's the tiny dog barking to try and sound bigger than they are. And it's, it's just one of those things that I think it, it brings out the best in people when you train in this stuff. If you are training firearms regularly and say you have an incredible draw, and I talk about this in our Threat Focus Pistol course, if you have an incredible draw with your firearm, you feel less inclined to draw it at an inopportune time. There are times where you do not want to draw your gun. Once you introduce a gun into a situation, it probably goes from two people bickering back and forth. Could be could be violent. I'm not saying it can't, but it could go from you know bad. We're bickering back and forth, and you could just walk away as a as a citizen. As a citizen, excuse me, you have the um, the duty to retreat. All right, we're not going to sit here and go toe to toe with somebody for no reason over you know you cut me in line or some dumb crap like that. But if you feel confident in your draw, you're going to be less inclined to draw that out sooner. And that's why we, you know, really push that in our threat focused pistol class and why it's something that, you know, we encourage our students and anybody following us on any social media page to practice it at home, dry fire as much as possible. And, you know, with all that to say, if you just stay better prepared, it's good for society is my point. It's good for me to be very capable of violence but to maintain that any type of anger or any type of um, emotional response to a situation. You know, I think having some type of stress inoculation is incredibly important. Stress inoculation is something that many people or nobody's really good at until you've done it. I mean, it's just like, it's like teaching. It's like the skills that are in these classes. You're not going to be good at it until you practice it and you until you do it regularly and you're able to repeat those, you know, drills and repeat those times or whatever whatever circumstance it is, but you know, if you don't have a grasp on that, it's going to be an issue for you. It's going to be an absolute issue for you. I think people have a, a an idea of how they're going to respond in certain situations, but it's very difficult to do that until you've you know done you know done scenario-based training or have your own experiences, but obviously we don't want to have our own experiences if we can help it. We want to we want to do as much of that in training as we possibly can. So if you screw up, we can you know it's training. That's the point of it. You're you're going to screw up in training. Uh, you either lose or you learn, and or you either win or you learn. And it's the same is true for scenario based training or you know just force on force exercises. It's incredibly incredibly important. So with that, guys, I'm going to leave you. Um, make sure you uh, tune in on Wednesday for Jared of Orion Training Group. It's going to be an incredible episode, episode eight. I promise you the guy is filled with knowledge. So make sure you download that episode and give us a listen. Make sure you follow the show so you can stay tuned to um, any new episodes that we have. And lastly, this is a free show, guys. We want you to enjoy it. We're going to be doing it no matter what. But if you go to our About page on Spotify, there is a link to help support the channel. So if you feel so inclined to help support us through donations, we greatly appreciate it. All of that money... Does not it doesn't does not a dime of that goes into our pockets. It goes back into the show, goes back into the business so that we can continue to grow. You guys have been incredible. I thank you so much for listening to this half episode of the Sit Wait and Talk Show. And if we have any other pertinent uh, you know, current events that we need to go over, we're gonna do that in these little segments if possible. Because they're timely. Um, you know, the news twenty four hour news cycle, you know, everything gets you know, drained out and you don't really hear about this stuff, you know, going forward. And hopefully that's the case for this bill. Hopefully we don't hear about it anymore because it's absolutely ridiculous. And with that, guys, we will see you 
on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Sit, Wait, and Talk show. You guys have been incredible. Cannot thank you enough for the support. And to show our appreciation, remember, you leave us a review in the first 10 episodes and it will automatically enter you into a chance to win a free plate carrier from Shellback Tactical. The Stell 2.0 is a very high quality plate carrier and it's something that's going to set you up for success as you build out your kit. Now remember, show us proof of that review either by writing out a written review or sending us a dm of the star rating you give us and again it'll automatically enter you a chance to win you guys have been incredible thank you so much for listening to the sit wait and talk show and we'll see you on the next episode